You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 1st. Happy Justin Timberlake meme day to all. My name is Phil Prosperich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I hope everyone got that joke. I don't. I don't really get that joke either. But there's apparently a Justin Timberlake meme going around, and and uh, it's it's May first. Um, so I'll let you search that on the interwebs and figure that out. Uh, uh, I reintroduce myself again. Uh, when you have to explain the joke, I guess that means it didn't work, and I often have to do that. So excuse my attempts at humor. It is a Monday. My name is Phil Prosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We have plenty to get to on today's episode. We are officially in the second round of the playoffs, and as we expected, uh, the GM search is heating up, so I'll have a quick update on that and some of the latest rumors from there. We're also going to begin turning our attention to the NBA draft. I did my first NBA mock draft roundup, uh, looking at some of the sites that cover the NBA draft and who they have the magic picking. So we'll take a look at some of the, uh, just a brief look at some of the names that are apparently being, tar- are, that apparently people believe the magic will target. Uh, begin introducing ourselves to this stellar draft class. And our player evaluation series continues up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as on the podcast as we will take a look back at Serge Ibaka's season with the Orlando Magic. But let's start off because it was a busy, busy Friday and Saturday. It always happens that way, doesn't it? Um, where I don't do a podcast over the weekend. And they're rumors, so I didn't want to jump too headlong into them. But some of them are what we expect. The Orlando Magic's general manager search has started to pick up some steam. It all started Friday when there was a surprise announcement and report from Adrian Wojnarowski of the vertical that Larry Bird was stepping down as the president of basketball operations of the Indiana Pacers. And Bird, of course, a legendary basketball player, legendary player in the league, one of the top 10 players of all time. And he's been an executive with the Indiana Pacers forever. He was a head coach for them when they took him to the finals. He's built them up into a strong team. Uh, you know, you could talk to Frank Vogel. He still has the utmost respect for him, even though there's a little bit of a rift there at the end when Bird decided not to renew his contract. Bird's very much into the belief that coaches go stale and um, that you got to move on eventually, that, that teams do tend to tune out a coach at a certain point. That's, I think, one of the reasons why Bird stepped down after three successful seasons as the team's head coach. Uh, but in that report from Wojnarowski, it report it was reported that the Magic search form did reach out to Larry Bird. So the plot thickens. There is, of course, only 30 of these jobs out there, whether general manager or president of basketball operations, and Orlando has the only open one. Now, what I also found interesting about Indiana was they promoted Kevin Pritchard from GM to president of basketball operations. I thought there was, uh, there was a report from Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders a few weeks back saying that the Magic might consider bringing in Kevin Pritchard, promoting him, so to speak, to the president of basketball operations position with the Magic over being a GM. So that option's now off the table, but the Magic apparently looked into Burt. Now, it does seem at this point in the process, the Magic are kind of exploring every single option that's out there. So if a big name comes down or a big name comes off the off the ledger, the Magic are going to look into it. And so I think that's where this comes from. I don't think Larry Bird's actually interested in the Magic. But what came out later on in that day was interesting. Later in the day, Sam Amick of USA Today reported that the Magic were interested in Kevin McHale, the former Minnesota Timberwolves general manager and Houston Minnesota Timberwolves coach and Houston Rockets head coach. 
Mikhail has had a mixed history both as a coach and a general manager. In his, I think it was seven years as a general manager with the, with the Minnesota Timberwolves, he built up the teams that Kevin Garnett led to the Western Conference Finals. Some very good teams, some very decent teams. Um, but he also was kind of the one caught doing the Joe Smith debacle that cost Minnesota a lot of years of their franchise. He is a smart, he is a decent coach. He, you know, got the Rockets to the Conference Finals as well. Um, but his record overall is around 500. Uh at this point, it just feels like it's a name, someone who's experienced, someone people around the league will respect, but not necessarily someone with a proven track record for victory. And I think that is one of the bigger issues that maybe the Magic are looking for, why he doesn't check all the boxes. That isn't to say the Magic aren't going to eventually try and get Mikhail. That isn't to say that they aren't interested in him. I think that the interest is real because Mikhail is one of the few guys out there with experience that I think the Magic could feasibly bring in to be the president of basketball operations. And it is important to note that it does appear they're looking for a president of basketball operations. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Sorry, I'm talking kind of faster. The further rumor that came out Friday night was from Brian Windhorst of ESPN.com reporting that the Magic are prepared to offer Cleveland Cavaliers general manager David Griffin the job if he wants it. Josh Robinson, Lionel Sentinel, of course, said it's way too early to say that. The Magic aren't even really in a position to do that quite yet because Griffin is still under contract with the Cavaliers. Their season is still ongoing, and they're not likely to get permission to speak to Griffin until the Cavaliers are eliminated from the playoffs, which is to say we all expect the Cavaliers to make the playoffs. It's not likely, or to make, no, of course, not the playoffs. We all expect the Cavaliers to make the finals which means the Magic would not get the opportunity to interview Griffin until nearly a week before the draft. Considering how important this draft is and how I think that the Magic should try and get at least their voices kind of in a row before they enter this draft. Not that Matt Lloyd's going to do a poor job, and, and I'll get to Lloyd in a bit here. It, 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 the timeline doesn't sit right with me, um, I, although I do think Griffin is one of the better options out there. Why are the Magic going after Griffin, who is an active GM? Griffin's contract runs out at the end of the year, and negotiations with the Cavaliers have stalled. In fact, it's it's kind of been my theory and my sense that Griffin is leaking all this stuff out, saying that the Magic are really interested in him, that the Magic are ready to offer him as a bargaining tactic to get a better deal from the Cavaliers, to get negotiations going with the Cavaliers. That's not to say the Magic aren't actually interested. I, I, I do believe that the Magic are actually interested in Griffin. Why wouldn't they be? He's got a championship ring. Um, say what you want about having to build with LeBron. He's built a championship team. Only two GMs can say they've built LeBron championship teams. And that's not that's not a lot. Of course, it should be easy to build with LeBron. But he's had to do some tricky things with the cap to get that done, believe it or not. You look at the way he acquired Channing Fry from Orlando. You look at the way that, he's, that he acquired Kyle Korver. Look at the way that he's added pieces to that team. It's actually pretty ingenious. And I'd like to see him get a chance to kind of build a team from the ground up. I think that he would do a good job. A lot of people have noted, oh, isn't he the guy that drafted Anthony Bennett? No, he was an assistant GM at the time. He wasn't the guy in the lead chair. He uh, came in the year after. He hired David Blatt, which maybe is a black mark on him. Uh, but it seemed like he had a good rebuilding plan in place before LeBron fell into his lap. And I think, as Adam, you know, as simple and easy as it is, he was willing to scrap that plan to go after the big fish and, and really put together a solid plan from the beginning to get his team to, the, to a championship level. So, uh, though that is the latest on the Magic. It does look like the Griffin interest is real, that he is their top candidate at the moment. 
add Kevin McHale to the short list, perhaps, perhaps add Larry Bird, although I don't think that's I don't think that's true. I think Bird's going to remain a consultant with the Pacers, but it does seem like the Magic are leaving no stone unturned, and it does seem like the Magic are looking to make some organizational structure. Like I said back at the trade deadline, when it comes to these rumors, I worry less about the names that are involved in these rumors and really, A, why they're being leaked, and B, what they say about the team's interests or, or what direction the team is going. And so it looks like right now the Magic are focusing very intently on executives who have front office experience, that have been in that lead chair before and can lead the organization. It also appears that the Magic are looking at some organizational change. Every one of these rumors says president of basketball operations. A lot of teams have a structure where there's a president of basketball operations who reports almost directly to the owner, and in this case... Um, it would appear that Alex Martins is the de facto owner. I don't think that part's going to change. But it, it it is someone that has a much bigger voice within the organization about basketball matters. And I think that's the direction the Magic appear to be going at the moment. What does that mean for GM, a kind of day-to-day guy? It does appear that they're very seriously going to consider leaving Matt Lloyd as the general manager. Um, Matt Lloyd's been the interim general manager. He's kind of been, he's been in charge of essentially the Magic's draft scouting operations for the last five years. He's very well thought of around the league. I've actually seen some Bulls fans pining for him a little bit with their front office situation. It does appear that the Magic are at least leaning toward keeping him, of course, if he wants to stay. And so um, it, it, it's definitely an interesting case. We're going to have a little bit more on the Magic's front office search um, on tomorrow's episode, I'll, I'm going to talk. I'm going to have a special guest on to talk a little bit about how that's going. But it does seem like things are beginning to pick up now that the first round's over. Now that a few teams have been eliminated, uh, it would not surprise me if the Magic uh, begin to pick up the pace, begin to winnow, the, winnow their list down a little more finely to say these are the guys we really want to go after. These are the guys we need to bring in an interview and then begin the interview process because we are now nine days away from the beginning of the NBA Draft Combine on May 9th in Chicago, and then the NBA Draft Lottery takes place the week after that on May 16th. Then it's just a run, then it's a sprint to the draft, and that's going to be the first big piece that this new general manager is going to have to have. And I personally, I'd like to see um, a team have someone in place before the draft and, and have time to prepare for the draft and, and really put their vision on the direction this team is going to go. Okay, so now that the rumors are out of the way, again, I'll have more on the front office search on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Let's talk about Serge Ibaka as we dive back into our player evaluations for the 2016-2017 season. Serge Ibaka was brought into the Orlando Magic to be something of the savior. Uh, Maybe that's too strong a word for the role that they envisioned for him. But... He was a big risk for the team. He was a guy that the Magic really, really hoped would bring their defense to another level, would really bring them up into the playoff conversation. And there's no reason to think he couldn't do that. Yes, his defense was declining, but it was still pretty good. And the Magic just needed some rim protection. Forever it was... We only need a rim-protecting power forward next to Nikola Vucevic. 
and we'll be fine. Here was that rim-protecting power forward. Here was that guy the Magic needed to complete their defense and take it to another level. It was a risk, no doubt about it. Trading Victor Oladipo hurt the offense. It got rid of one of their best scorers and playmakers. But regardless of what you think, the Magic's thought process was it's time to start winning. The roster we have isn't going to cut it. So we're going to take some action. We're going to give him some assets to bring in a veteran to lead us there. And that was meant to be Serge Ibaka. Maybe he was putting too much pressure on a player who had already established himself. But at the same time, the Magic sort of believed that he would step up, step to the plate. With a larger offensive role, he would increase his scoring, number one, be more engaged more of the time on defense, and be a leader in the locker room to help the Magic make the playoffs. On two of those three counts, it didn't happen. Serge Ibaka did improve his offense. He averaged 15.1 points per game with the Magic, uh, as well as 6.8 rebounds per game, blocked 1.6 shots per game, shot a 54.7% effective field goal percentage. He was fine on the offensive end. You weren't expecting him to be a distributor. Like most bigs, when he gets the ball, he's going to shoot it. He's going to do something with it. And considering he's a 38.8% three-point shooter with the Magic, he was one of the Magic's better three-point shooters as well. There is no complaint about Serge Ibaka on offense. They did increase his field goal attempts per game. They did increase his usage rate. The first time ever, he was over 20% usage rate. And he delivered for them, for the most part. He was one of their best scorers. One of their more consistent scorers, too. But you don't bring Serge Ibaka in for his offense. Sure, his per-36 numbers were better. And he delivered on the offensive end in the increased role. But that's not why you bring Serge Ibaka in. You bring him in for his defense. And while it was certainly looking like he was beginning to decline, that injuries were slowing him down just a little bit, there's still a belief that you engage him a little bit more, he'll be more motivated to play on the defensive end. That unfortunately did not come to pass. With Orlando, according to off- according to basketball reference, he had a .4 defensive box plus minus, his worst of his career. It was actually gotten worse with Toronto. He had 1.7 defensive win shares with Orlando. His 2.6 defensive win shares this year are the lowest since his rookie year. His block rate stayed pretty flat, 4.3%. His total rebound rate stayed flat at 12, actually increased a little bit to 12.2, but stayed relatively flat. It wasn't at 15 like it was in 2014. Ibaka, indeed, seemed to begin to slow down just a little bit. And with the Magic needing his defensive presence to, to transform and change their defense, Ibaka did not deliver. And it caused the whole Magic experiment to fall down. Because Bismack Biombo and him did not work together defensively. Ibaka did not cover up all of Nikola Vucevic's mistakes, and Vuce was better defensively too. The league changed from underneath the Magic as well. Teams embraced small ball more than they ever have. And Ibaka, who suffered an early season knee injury and, and really was slowed down by it, 
Ibaka looked out of place at power forward. Like so many other players with the Magic, the roster boxed in Ibaka too. As Josh, Ro- I believe it was Josh Robinson, the Atlanta Sentinel reported, Ibaka went to Coach Frank Vogel and asked at one point, play me at center. Play me with Aaron Gordon. It never happened. According to basketball reference, Ibaka played only 5% of his minutes at center for the Orlando Magic this year. Like so many other players this year, it was a mix of misuse, bad roster management, and simply just not stepping up to the plate. Orlando needed players who have not been first stars or first options or second options even to step up their games. Ibaka did offensively. I don't think any I don't think anyone will complain too much about the job Ibaka did on offense. And he's one of the few guys you can probably say that about. But the basic expectation for Ibaka was to play solid defense, to anchor a strong defense, to be someone you can build the defense around. And frankly, he's not that player anymore. And even Toronto is figuring that out. And it will be interesting to see how Toronto plays things against Cleveland. Because Toronto started playing him at center more. And Toronto's starting to do a lot of things that everyone thought the Magic would do with him. And even then, he's still not been fantastic. He's had his moments for sure. But in the playoffs, he's averaging 12.8 points per game, 2.3 blocks per game, which is up, and 8.2 rebounds per game. 49.3% effective field goal percentage so far in the six games in the playoffs. He just wasn't the player the Magic needed. They needed a leader. They needed someone strong who was going to pull everyone up as well. And he never really did that. And that was probably the biggest gamble that the Magic missed out this year was they put a, pushed a lot of chips in on Serge Ibaka and he was just okay. And of course, we wish him the best of luck in Toronto and, and he's obviously playing the playoffs and he'll make his money in free agency this summer. And so the Magic cut their losses exactly when they needed to. Turning away from the most controversial move of last year's draft to let's take a look at this year's draft. The NBA draft had its first big deadline last week. The early entry list is in, so everyone who's going to be in the NBA draft is in. They can still back out of the draft 10 days after the draft combine. Combine invites just went out as well, so the NBA draft combine is set and ready to go. And it was time, I thought, to take a look at the first couple of mock drafts and see who People have the Magic picking at 5 and and then, more importantly, probably at 25 as we begin to introduce this draft class. Now, the number one guy that, that I saw at at 5, we're going to talk about the guys at 5 first, was Jason Tatum. If you don't know who Jason Tatum is, he, he was the forward at Duke, uh, averaged uh, somewhere around 18 points per game, I'd like to say. Let me look this up real fast. Hold on one second. Let me pull this up on Sports Reference. Do, 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 do. 
This is kind of like uh, the hashtag one lottery per day, which will come up later on. Uh, Jason Tatum averaged 16.8 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game at Duke, shot 45.2% from the floor, 50.7% effective field goal percentage. Really solid player. If you didn't watch him play at Duke, um, the, the few games I watched him, he kind of went into the background a little bit, but still scored like 12 and 7 or 12 and 6. And so he was still able to make a statistical impact even when he wasn't playing well. Now, the freshman got really, really good closer to the end of the season. Um, he They got really, really good closer to the end of the season. Uh, and he started putting up some big, big scoring games. And that got him a lot more notice and probably pushed him into the top five, even to the point where some people are talking about him sneaking into the top three. At... Six foot eight, Tatum probably reminds more of a guy like Tobias Harris or Carmelo Anthony, where he works a lot better in the pinch post and and, 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 and inside the paint as a mid range shooter. He's not a crazy athlete, but he's plenty athletic. Uh, can beat guys off the dribble. Really good at one on one basketball. Um, he's someone that you can give the ball to and trust him to score. That's kind of what he does, uh, and, and I think that's something that the Magic will. I think that's something that the Magic need. They need someone that they can give the ball to and just trust him to score. He's probably not going to create a lot for other people, but he's someone that can score the basketball, which is good. That's a good thing. Uh, and right now, he's probably the most popular pick among the mock drafts for the Magic at five. Uh, another guy that, that that a lot of mock drafts also have the Magic taking is to Aaron Fox of Kentucky. A lot of people suspect that the Magic might be gunning for a point guard in this year's draft, ready to kind of take a step away from Alfred Payton and, and find the replacement. To Aaron Fox is kind of where I start to draw the line a little bit. Well, like maybe we keep, maybe you keep Alfred. Um, Fox is very similar to Alfred Payton. Not a great shooter, uh, but really dynamic score. Can get to the basket at will, finish at will. Um, probably a better shooter than people do give him credit for. Solid defender. Um, really, really came on strong, especially in the NCAA tournament. Uh, does have that same problem that Alfred Payton has where he just is not a great shooter. So, um, Something to watch out for there, too, if the Magic go in that direction. Of course, you got Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball at the top two. Dennis Smith Jr. will be hanging around that area as well. Um, you got Josh Jackson, Malik Monk. Um, there's plenty of options at five other than those two, but those are the two popular ones right now. As far as the 25th pick, options seem to run the gamut here. And, and I'm going to talk about a few of them that I really like. Uh, one that I really think is not a bad idea is uh, Jawan Evans of Oklahoma State. If the Magic do not take a point guard with that first pick, Jawan Evans of Oklahoma State is a really good option later in the draft at 25. There aren't a lot of point guards in this draft after those top group. Evans was a scorer at Oklahoma State, um, was the main driver for that team. He did a really good job getting to the basket um, and can create for himself and hit shots and, and, and do all those things that you need point guards to do. About the only thing he doesn't do well is score at the rim. He's able to get to the basket, but not always able to finish. Um, and you wonder about his athleticism and his length. I, I think that he'd be a good option as a backup, um, but a very good option at that. Um, one that I would actually take over DJ Augustin, uh, but you're kind of locked into DJ Augustin on a long-term deal. So I'm not sure that you go in that direction as far as uh, as far as a backup point guard, especially in this draft, I don't think you go in that direction with this draft going for a backup point guard because um, you're kind of stuck with Augustin for a little while. Um, another guy that I really like uh, that, that people had the Magic taking with that 25th pick 
is a, a Jonathan Motley from Baylor. I, I was kind of saying all year that the Magic really lacked a true power forward off the bench for that stray matchup that they had to match. They had to go up against. Um, it's not necessarily a you. Every team needs a traditional power forward. The Magic had plenty of those. God, God knows. Uh, but I thought that they needed one, either either a, a, a traditional power forward or another stretch four, um, not a kind of Jeff Green power forward. Um, they they needed a little bit more of an identity off the bench, and I think Motley does that. Motley is just a big body. He's tough to move. Um, he can step out and hit the mid range jumper a little bit, but his 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 game is to grind things out, get rebounds, score near the basket, kind of be a vulture. Uh, and teams need that. You need that little bit of toughness, and I think Motley uh, would provide that. Um, at the next level, he's six foot nine. He probably projects more as a backup center. Um, again, like a change of pace backup center type player rather than uh, anything else. He's not a great shot blocker, which you like from the center position, um, but he's just a big dude. Uh, knows how to position himself for rebounds, was a monster on the boards in the Big 12, uh, and I think is a player that, that will work hard and, and come in and do a lot of those little things that you need off the bench. Those That's a quick look at the, uh, at the, mock, draft, at the mock draft roundup. You can check out the mock draft roundup on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Be sure to check that out and let us let me know who you think the Magic should take with that fifth with the with the twenty fifth pick right now. I'm still kind of getting myself. Uh, I'm still kind of learning who these players are later in the draft. I've been focused so much on the top of the draft uh, that the later pick in the draft, I'm still kind of figuring out who some of these guys are. So be sure to let me know what you think about what you think what players you think the Magic should go after, uh, as well as what direction you think the Magic should go, even with that first pick. Of course, we got the lottery to, to come to figure some of that out as well. Uh, but a lot a lot of options available, and I think what the Magic do with that second pick will be determined a little bit by what they do with that first pick. Before we sign off today, I did not do my one lottery per day for Saturday, Sunday, and then, of course, Monday. So let's do our hashtag one lottery per day with our friends from Tankathon, um, if it will load on my computer here, which it is not for some reason. It's very, very, very strange. Um, of course, we're doing one lottery per day. We're simulating one lottery per day here on the Locked On Magic Podcast. I encourage you to do the same. Send send me your one, hashtag one lottery per day to on Twitter at Locked On Magic or at Daily. We are 15 days away from the NBA Draft Lottery. Let's sim for Saturday. And Saturday is a winner. Orlando, for the third time, gets the first pick in the draft. Woohoo. Uh, the Lakers end up third, Philadelphia second. So, if, I mean, if Philadelphia's going to get a top three pick, the Lakers got to get in there too, right? We, we can't have the Sixers getting uh, getting two picks there. But uh, the, the Lakers not getting that pick kind of hurts the magic. Let's reset this and let's sim the lottery again for Sunday. Not so lucky this time. The Magic end up sixth. The Lakers second. Phoenix with the top overall pick for the first time. That's a that's a team that really could use a top pick. Although they probably don't really need a point guard. Uh, and Orlando with the sixth pick for the third time as well. Let's sim the lottery one more. Let's reset and sim the lottery one more time for our one lottery per day for Monday. Again, Phoenix getting the top pick. Good for them. Two straight top picks for Phoenix. Orlando ends up fifth 
as the top three teams shuffle around. Actually, Brooklyn fell out. Philadelphia in L.A. second. So all three times to all three times over the weekend, the Magic do not get the Lakers pick. It is now nine to six, uh, with the Lakers getting the first or the Lakers keeping that 2019 pick from the Orlando Magic. And of course, if that happens, that means the Magic will have four picks in the first 35 picks: five, 25, uh, 33, and 35. So keep that in mind. I don't anticipate that the Magic would use all four picks. Um, so that might be a scenario that we have to talk about a little bit, especially after the lottery, whether the Magic would keep all four of those draft picks. I, I think the Magic might try and package two of the those two uh, second-round picks, maybe for first-round pick, or use one of those picks plus their, their second first-round pick to try and move up a little bit in the draft. So we'll see about, we'll cross that road when we get there, when things become official. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Glad we could dive a little bit into the draft a little bit more seriously, not just the fun and games of our hashtag one lottery per day. Uh, talk a little bit about Serge Ibaka and, of course, the GM search. That's going to be front and center on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic as, I, as I'm planning to have a guest on and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the Magic's front office search. Should be a lot of fun, so look forward to that episode uh, tomorrow. Until then, you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as on Facebook, like us at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And, of course, if you're looking for playoff information, check out the other fantastic podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. I know David Locke on Locked on Jazz is ecstatic after the Jazz Jazz's Game 7 victory for a complete recap of that. I urge you to listen to Locked on on Jazz for the latest on that. I'm sure you'll have that, plus a complete preview of their series against the Golden State Warriors. And of course, with the Raptors and Cavs tipping off, you can check out Locked On Cavs and Locked On Raptors to get you ready for that series. And of course, our pals at Locked On Celtics and Locked On Wizards have a recap of yesterday's action as well. You can of course follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We're still cranking out content for you every single day uh, with the latest on the Orlando Magic. That's going to do it for me today for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.